And joining me now, of course, to have a little bit of a discussion and reflection and some analysis is Karima Brown. Karima, good afternoon to you. It's all happening. Absolutely. Of course, we uh, expected, uh, you know, these slates to be um, dealt with uh, in some kind of way. Uh, but it is essentially slate politics for every single top six position. It's a fight to the death, delegate for delegate. There is going to be no compromise. This is a tight tight race and there are no substitutes there's no second do-overs um you know it is this is it and it's and, and i think it's a good thing uh Bungan. explain that well i think the attempts to uh, create unity through a structure um didn't address the fundamental challenges in the african national congress yes. you have two almost competing political projects in that organization within the context of state capture uh, and simply enlarging your top six uh, doesn't address the fundamental problems of the organization uh, that has also of course translated into the government what is really interesting is that it is the ndz this so-called NDZ provinces that pushed really hard uh, for uh, two deputies and for two secret deputy secretaries. Remember President Jacob Zuma at the end of the policy conference yes. right here at Nasrik suggesting that as a compromise so that, uh, you know, um, the party doesn't necessarily split. Uh, but most people rejecting it because they actually know, Bongani, that uh, those two groups of people can't be accommodated in the same leadership structure right. because they'd be limping to 2019 paralyzed uh, without being able to take decisions on major issues. And of course, that those divisions, as you say, aren't things that can be papered over. Of course, what's really interesting about the delicate counts uh, is that, uh, you know, we easily focus on which province has declared for this candidate. But as you also understand, uh, that's a simple way of looking at it. What really, really matters is how well uh, you are polling in your opponent's province. I think that's those are the numbers to watch. Absolutely. So let's take, for example, the so-called home <coughs> province of Nkosa Zanad Lamini Zuma. Yes. Uh, what was interesting is that Cyril Ramaphosa up polled very well there. And if you compared the way Nkosazana Dlaminizuma polled in Limpopo, which was considered to be the deputy president's home province, it was much lower. And that's what is one of the things that one needs to look at. But uh, that's not enough of a lens, uh, Bongani. The ANC also has what is called a super branch. So yes. the larger your right. branch, uh, the more delegates you get. However, in order for you to correlate, your threshold becomes higher. So it's very hard uh, to bring large numbers of people together under conditions uh, that the ANC constitution, uh, you know, presides over or uh, ticks off as a curated and verified branch. And that's why that credential process uh, took so long. So it's within those, um, you know, details that you will be able to say um, uh, how, how candidates are doing. So it's not just, uh, A, that the provinces have nominated because you get on a ballot through a province. And that was why Zwilim Kize isn't on a ballot, because he had no provincial nomination. Lindiwesi Sulu, however, is on a ballot. And remember, they were all, uh, as I call them, pacemakers for the frontrunners in the presidential right. race. Right. And this is how Lindiwe ended up as the duo with the deputy president for, uh, you know, this position. Um, but once you're on the ballot, the power reverts back to the branches. And 
it doesn't really matter, Bongani, what the PGCs of the provinces declared. Right now, the it's branch delegates branches. decide and they vote in secret. Well, here's the thing. So two questions I want to ask you. That Firstly, it's not just about the number of branches that appear to have declared for you. It's also the number of delegates because, as you point out, some branches have significant numbers of delegates who are going to be participating. But then how do you unpack the nomination for the deputy president from the numbers that we got that were being announced by the electoral officials? David Mabuza has 11, what, what, 1,220... 1,000, I'm sounding like the president, aren't I? 1,128 branches behind David Mabuza and 619 for Lindiwe Sisulu. Does that mean something? Does that mean nothing? Well, it depends on whether we can tell whether those are super branches or not. Uh, and, of course, uh, because you can have many branches, but if you have only 100 members, then your delegates obviously shrink. Now, Mpumalanga is a big province of the African National Congress. Right. Chances are that you are having super branches, uh, you know, there. Uh, so you could potentially have more delegates. But uh, unless you know the status of the branch, you can't yeah. actually tell how many delegates. Uh, so you can, for example, have more provinces nominate you, but if those provinces have small branches, like in the Western Cape, right. for example, then your delegate size reduces. So that is actually what one needs to uh, watch out for. I guess I'm trying to see, do we, could we possibly get to a scenario where, let's say, Cyril Ramaphosa becomes the president and is deputized by David Mabuza? Absolutely. It can go anywhere because, remember, uh, not only can you not tell the delegates who to vote for from a provincial side, we also have the phenomena of money um, acknowledged by the African National Congress yeah. as a factor. So a range of factors could go into uh, why people vote in a particular way. So yes, Didi Mabuza could very well uh, end up um, as the deputy president and maybe that is the way in which Silla Ramaphosa could have struck the compromise without having to accept the political cost of of taking someone as tainted as David Mabuza on his list. Because one mustn't assume that even if David Mabuza gets in, he's necessarily on the NDZ slate behind no, the scenes. He's, he's definitely on the NDZ slate. He was um, uh, asked at conference inside the plenary. He accepted it. Uh, what I'm trying to say, uh, Bongani, is that you could have... Um, because the branches decide. Right. You could have Cyril Ramaphosa's um, uh, you know, supporters deciding that the only way to get Cyril Ramaphosa in is ah. to back Didi Mabuza when they vote. Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? So, and so that would be a way in which they would then uh, tacitly get him on without the the deputy president having to explain why someone like David Mabuza is on his list, uh, then you just defer to the democracy of the organization. The Absolutely. All right. So would that then play itself out in any of the tensions we were talking about earlier in terms of uh, the divisions and why this has had to go down the middle in terms of the slates? You see, what is really interesting uh, if you look at the fact that Cyril Ramaphosa, when he spoke in Sekukuni, he actually announced his top six. He got a lot yes. of flack for it. But what was interesting about it was that he didn't announce Lindiwe Sisulu. He announced Naledi Pando. And, of course, she declined here. Um, we all asked the question if the um, 
KZN province isn't united, but Mpumalanga is the second largest province. But David Mabuza doesn't appear on the deputy president's slate. How is he going to take conference? Right. This is how. Ah, it's all, it's all about sort of chess moves, Absolutely. if you like. I mean, we've been watching all of this unfolding and people have been speculating one way or the other. 2,389 is the magic number. Where's your sense of where things might be at this stage? Still too early to tell. Bongani, I have said a thousand times, I am not a Sangoma. I am not going to predict this conference. No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, You know, the Amadlozi will decide. I'm saying here that people are going to go into the voting booths. And like I said, there's a lot that's going to go into their decisions about how they vote. They've got a mandate. They can stick to that. Uh, They've been offered money. They can decide to stick to that. They can vote according to their conscience. There's a whole range of variables. And that is why anyone who calls this conference is a liar, as far as I'm concerned. It's too tight to call. Of course, we saw some proce- some procedural issues being raised a little earlier, and speculation was, of course, that the longer uh, the processes take to determine an outcome, uh, the more chances there would be of some foul play. That seems to have been handled ultimately because now we've got the process fully underway. You know, Bongani, I was inside the hall when uh, we were allowed, when uh, after the uh, constitutional amendments were in fact um, accepted, uh, we must uh, not forget that there was a desperate attempt to, uh, to enlarge the top six. That was defeated yeah. inside, but of course it happened behind closed doors. And uh, when we got the call that we were allowed to come in, um, one then had to come to the conclusion that the proposal to either have two deputies or two deputy secretaries had to have been defeated because you couldn't get your nominations if those matters hadn't been resolved right. because the constitution demands that if you're changing uh, how many people can lead the organization, the matter must be resolved before you choose that leadership. Right. So I was in that hall. And, of course, ordinarily what would have happened is nominations would have been opened for the top six. But there was... Um, a very calculated, very orchestrated campaign to try and delay the process. And of course, now Lady Pando is the one who provided the, um, lo- the, the, the maneuver that got us out of the lockjam. People wanted a list from the uh, Electoral Commission. Because right. they said uh, they'd been asked for nomination, so where's the list? Exactly. And of course, uh, what people were saying is that we don't want lists because we don't want slates. You know who you want to vote for, you know your leaders, go into the booth, go make your cross. And then you saw quite a, um, you know, a, a, a coordinated campaign from the one end where the Northwest uh, delegates were sitting to some of the KwaZulu-Natal delegates. They began singing and they began, um, you know, demanding that they want a list. And then Tony Ngeni tried to suggest that nobody can decide for conference uh, the rules. That was after the intervention from Gwede Mantash. And of course, Tony Ngeni has been really silent. But because he came out on the side of the NDZ, um, you know, howlers, for lack of a better word, in the conference, you then suddenly saw, you know, where his allegiances lie. And that's the point at which Naledi came in and said, look, we cannot continue like this. Uh, We know... 
uh, who the top six nominees are. Let's do the top six nominees. We will talk about a list when we get to the rest of the NEC, which is called the additional members. Um, so a really, really interesting, um, you know, uh, show of the balance of forces, if you like, in uh, that conference. If you go back to the two issues that you were talking about in terms of the constitutional amendments, I mean, obviously, uh, to get them sorted out, to get them through, you need that two-thirds majority. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily indicate that the momentum is with Cyril Ramaphosa, for example. Yes. Look, if um, because constitutional amendments for um, extending the leadership requires two-thirds, um, it was never going to go through. Because if anyone had two-thirds in the ANC, we wouldn't have this contest. The, ah, the, the, the two-thirds people would be able to impose their will on right the rest. Right from the get-go, right. Exactly, which is why it's so fruitless and pointless to try and call this. Uh, because it is actually really, really deeply divided. And uh, it's a movable feast, if you like. And the point is, not only could the process be corrupted as long as it draws out, you could also, of course, offer and increase uh, the, the price at which you were, were prepared to sell your vote for. I mean, if the deputy president uh, is to be believed when he spoke at the town hall, it was 500,000 a pop. As you know? high as that. Absolutely. And I mean, can you imagine what a super branch might have gone for? Um, the point is that we've had no ANC leader admitting to that actually happening, yet it is in the Secretary General's diagnostic report. Right. Zizi Kodwa calls a media conference and says, we are concerned about paid votes. So what I'm saying here is that there are a whole range of things that are influencing money is a big part of it people are talking about 10 million floating around at this conference uh, and then of course also what is interesting Bongani, is how the people shepherd the delegates through the process right. um, so what I'm saying is the longer the process delay the more you have an opportunity to say don't you want to change your mind I can offer you this I can offer you that or uh, clean up the ANC or um, you know we're going to be giving you this in municipal government. And that is why people wanted this process done so that they could actually uh, get to an outcome. Uh, because in real terms, it is that individual delegate's decision when they go into the booth. Uh, it's secret, so you can't even come back and say, but we gave you a different mandate. You simply wouldn't know. We'll talk about that as we continue to have our conversation with Karima Brown. Of course, she'll be on air directly after I'm off in the next 19 minutes. Uh, but while we have her on the other side of the fence, so to speak, I do also want your calls, your perspectives. O double one eight eight three O seven O two. Tell us your sense of how you are reading that final list for the top six. It's down the middle, straight down the middle. There's going to be heavy contestation. Uh, we'll be talking about the process that is going to be followed once those papers are drafted and so delegates can start voting. But I do want your reactions to that top six list. Uh, for President of Corsa, once again, the names are Nkosazana Lamini Zuma versus Cyril Ramaphosa, Deputy President, uh, David Mabuza versus Lindiwe Susulu, National Chair, Gwede Mandashe versus Natim Tetwa. For Secretary-General, it's Senzo Mkunu versus Ace Mahashule. Uh, Deputy Secretary-General, Jesse Duarte versus Zingiswa Losi. And, of course, for Treasurer-General, Paul Mashatile versus Maide Nguana Mashabane. That's what it looks like. It's split straight down the middle. Any predictions if you want to make some, if you want to be brave enough to be, as Sangoma Karima says, she's not, but maybe you are. Maybe you have the appetite. Uh, at least your reputation won't be on the line. Give us a call, 11 
0614-104-103-0702. Some of your calls, your reflections on the names that have been announced for the top six positions. And of course, I'll be speaking to Karima in a moment about how exactly the voting is going to be counted, that process, and when we might get some indication of a result. But let's quickly get your perspective. Uh, first on the line, we have Nico from Naturina. Nico, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Talk to us. Good evening. Yes, yes. Short and sharp, Nico, yeah, go I, ahead. Yeah, I, I was just saying, I don't think there's a contest between, or the position of the Treasurer General, there's no contest there, because uh, um, uh, Paul Mashatilo will take it uh, without any, 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 any contest there. However, the contest that I see is between the, 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 the DD and Lindywood, because if, yeah. if you look at uh, uh, the, the withdrawal of the Nalevi, then... And all the votes are likely to go to, to Lindiwe for the purpose of having a woman preparing for the woman president come 2022 when we go, when they go back to the national conference. So, um, it's a very close call, but uh, I, I'll put my money on, on Paul Mashatile and, and, and SG, the current SG. And, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm not um, very much good favorite of uh, Comrade Jesse. I'd want new blood uh, in, in the name of Zingiswa. Well, but, well uh, hold on, hold on, Nico, hold on. Yeah. I have to come in there. Remember, you've got to talk to me about who you want to win and who you think is going to win. Make that distinction clear. Okay, who, who, my, 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 my preferred uh, top six, it's CR, it's uh, Lindiwe, it's Guerre, it's Ace Makashule, it's uh, Paul Mashatile and uh, Zungi Salosi. All right, uh, Nico on the line there from Naturina. Give us a call. Tell us uh, your perspectives, who you think is going to make it on that top six, who you want to be on that top six. Uh, let's take a call now. It's uh, Litabo. Litabo, good evening. Short and sharp, please. Um, um, my preferred candidate is Cyril, um, but uh, however, I still think Constantin um, Amenizuma is actually in the lead. And I want to say, you know, I, I fundamentally disagree with uh, Karima there with regards to sort of analyzing these stuff. I mean, you have to you have to use the the, the current branch, the previous branch uh, branch nominations, and from then on, you can you can almost allocate uh, per branch how many delegates would likely vote for a particular individual. So on my analysis, Kosozana um, Zuma, and it's on on my statistical analysis, Kosozana Zuma um, lead or beat or as it stands right now would have would have would win by almost 180 votes. I mean, that's, that's why I think um, uh, who's it, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa Slate will need to do a lot of work specifically regarding uh, Lindwe Sisulu and if they can get, get a few votes in uh, from, uh, from uh, Gotazana stronger provinces. Okay, Litabo, we'll leave it there. Litabo disagrees with Karima Brown. I'll give Karima a moment to, uh, at least a chance to respond in just a moment. Let's take perhaps one more call. Touch in Germiston. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hi, uh, good evening, folks. I'll go with the CR slate. Uh, my top six will include, obviously, for the present CR, and then Lindy Wessisulu. Uh, uh, the housing chairman will be the treasurer. I think he'll win that one. Uh, I want him to. And then um, the SG will be Senzo. Uh, uh, but I don't think uh, Jesse Duarte should return. I'll go for Zingiso. All right, uh, Touch in Germiston, that is Touch's preferred list 
of the top six. I do want to bring Karima Brown back into the conversation. Uh, firstly, would you respond to Latabo, who says uh, his expert analysis disagrees with yours? He's welcome to his expert analysis. I'm not going to argue with him. I can't tell if Nkosazana is going to win or if Cyril Ramaphosa is going to win, unless he, of course, knows every single branch, its size, the allocation of its delegates, and how they're going to vote. And, of course, um, you know, he's not in the booths with them. So I don't think that there is actually a scientific way of predicting this at all. I'm not convinced at all. And he is absolutely welcome to his analysis. Indeed. So let's talk then about that process in terms of how to vote. Uh, you know, the nominations, we have them. We have the lists. What happens now and how, importantly, are these votes going to be counted? Well, it is going to be counted manually. Um, you know, at the Pulakwani Conference of the African National Congress, there was an idea, uh, part of modernizing the African National Congress, that you'll do it electronically, you don't have to wait so long, there's not all this anticipation, and of course in an organization where conspiracy lands as well as it does in the ANC, you don't want people to be wondering about things, but delegates felt uh, that they don't want uh, electronics, they felt that people could manipulate it with software, they wanted a manual count, and when I interviewed Sihle Zigalala a few days ago uh, when he came on uh, just before that court decision that nullified uh, the PEC. He indicated that the last NEC of the ANC, uh, supposedly the one on the 14th, um, had decided that the count would be the last last. You know, this is the ANC after all, uh, that the count was going to be manual. And what also happens is that people vote in batches. So the conference program now uh, proceeds because there's obviously a range of issues that need to be dealt with these administrative, uh, 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 you know, issues that must be dealt with, and then very serious policy questions. These commissions, so people will continue with the conference, and the voting will happen parallel to that. And then, of course, the electoral commission will collate the results, uh, and uh, you know, after counting them, and then announce them when they are uh, available. And uh, normally, what happens because there's been the delay? I'm trying to think now in Pulakwani. I think the result was uh, announced just before or after midnight. I can't quite remember. All I know is that I made my business day uh, deadline because we had made arrangements <laughs> with the printers. Uh, and, of course, we called it then, uh, but that was a different conference. Um, so I think that the, the uh, process is going to proceed uh, in that way. What is going to be interesting, Bongani, yeah. is whether that list for the additionals is going to come. Because remember, Naledi Pando uh, gave them a temporary way out to just Resolve the top the six, top six yeah. uh, but the conference, uh, the plenary must still decide on the rest of the, uh, the 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 additionals, and so they might have to print a ballot of some sort for those additional people. On my Facebook status, I said uh, people are demanding lists so that they com- can compare to the one in their pockets. In their back um, pockets and, yes. and of course, the the issue here is that. Um, the reason why that is, is, is not a silly thing to say, even though it sounds uh, quite lighthearted, is that when Pulukani happened, um, it wasn't just President Jacob Zuma that came to power. Uh, his entire coterie of supporters came to power, um, you know, almost the to tsunami. a man and a woman. Exactly. The tsunami, yeah. So there was a complete clear out, almost as if the ANC were two different parties, you know, the, the two different groups of people belong to opposing parties. And it, it, it was an incredibly disruptive process in the African National Congress. And post-Pulukwani, when the ANC did introspection, they actually acknowledged that the damage was fundamental. So after that, they, of course, um, began to talk about uh, 
combating uh, this issue. And remember, COPE was formed off the back of this. Yes. So what the ANC also needs to guard against here is the possibility Uh, you know, political approach. Uh, approach and vision of what the ANC needs to become if it's going to recalibrate. Uh, and of course, all of this has implications for the governing party's ability to hold on to power. And of course, I mean, you, we, we both know that part of what Jacob Zuma has been able to do so effectively is have control of the NEC. That's why uh, time and again, when it even appeared there would be uh, some kind of revolt, he's had it all stitched up and made absolutely sure is his successor, whichever way it goes, likely to have the same, uh, uh, you know, uh, hold of uh, over the NEC, or is that something that's just going to uh, belong to the past? Well, we're going to have to see what the uh, nomina- uh, what the uh, nominations look like, and also the the, the outcome. Um, there's a couple of things that also influence the rest of the additional members um, uh, because the ANC has what they call uh, criteria. So, for example, uh, female representation is 50%. very important. Yeah, the zebra vote, right? Yeah. So for males who are ambitious in the African National Congress, it's a very, very um, you know, high bar uh, to scale uh, to make it onto the NEC because uh, all the provinces nominate, then a consolidated list of people come out and out of that uh, you will have then a set of people that comes through and of course then you have to talk about things like the 50% representation uh, and of course the, the, the NEC traditionally is able to say uh, we need a generational mix we need to look at the national question etc etc so there are criteria uh, that could also affect it so you could perhaps poll very well where you were nominated uh, but the additional processes that has to happen for you to come out to almost be um, on uh, the ballot, so to speak, uh, is quite tough, especially if you're a man in the African National Congress. So that could also lead to a situation where different interests, different factions uh, can be accommodated. There is, in my view, a dynamic to this election that wasn't necessarily there in previous elections, Pongani. Mm-hmm. You know, the NEC is the most powerful structure between conferences, right. but it's a national structure. What you see in this conference is the power of of the the provinces. provinces. And they're not accommodated in the constitution of the ANC as there's no structure that says these are the chairs of the the provinces and they can do the following things. Uh, The National Working Committee doesn't have original powers. And I think what you have here is that in government, Patronage is almost provincially linked, if you like. I mean, the free state is a classic case, like a test case. So you have that uh, beginning to manifest in the African National Congress. And with that, a whole range of very um, worrying developments go in terms of political culture. Historically, the ANC has always fought for a unitary state. It was organizations such as the IFP and at the time Wanted the DP. federalism. Yes. Right. Uh, the, the ANC has always argued against the balkanization of South Africa because of the Bantu stance and also uh, the anti-tribal stance that the ANC right. historically had. Um, but what you've seen uh, after 23 years in government is provincial governments uh, developing into fiefdoms, patronage networks being uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, developed. And in the ANC's uh, policy documents, there's often been attempts to try and say, 
What exactly are the roles of provinces? Why do they exist? In fact, there were some suggestions that they should be scrapped. Um, if you look at Gauteng, the argument in Gauteng has always been let's develop city regions, you know, along the lines of things like Singapore, uh, because you don't really need provinces. But I bet you, Bohani, if there is an attempt to try and, uh, you know, unbundle the provinces, the largest, the biggest resistance will in fact come from those provincial barons uh, that have amassed power and, of course, also uh, uh, resources to distribute uh, over the time, and it will come from within the African National Congress. I mean, it's all to play for because, as you say, it's not just the simple matter of who leads the organization or even the top six. There's all kinds of positions and roles to play for in that extended list. And, of course, as you mentioned, the provincial strongmen and how they've been able uh, to really keep a, a strong hold on their constituencies where you found, for example, the Premier League and all of the shenanigans that have been going on around there, even when branches have been quite clear, they're actually going against what the provinces are declaring. That's exactly how we found ourselves with the free state situation, for example. Uh, Esma Khashule having been there, what, over 23 years now, thereabouts, uh, that has been there. So it's all to play for. But I suppose a final question as we round off our conversation, uh, you've spoken about the process and how the votes are going to be counted manually. When is the earliest that, that we can expect some kind of result? I mean, is this going to go well into the night? Are delegates going to stay here until some kind of result for the top six is announced? Or do you think that people will wait until tomorrow? Look, I think the uh, outcome or the time of the result will depend on the efficiency. I mean, the Electoral Commission has done this before. They know how to run ANC elections. It's that uh, uh, a manual count that takes time, of course. Uh, if they resolve the question of the list, then people can actually get on with it. Uh, so you might have, um, you know, voting going on until very late into the night. Then that has to be collated and consolidated. And then they have to choose whether to announce it. And it's always good to rather announce than have the result uh, leak. But we'll have to leave it there, Bungani. It looks as if it's time for the 8 o'clock news and for you Absolutely. to say goodbye. Yes, indeed. It's been great fun. Not uh, the usual slot for me on a Sunday night. I'm